This is a production of WEDU-PBS, Tampa, St. Petersburg, Sarasota. Coming up right now on WEDU, less than 11 months to go before the 2024 election. And already, candidates and their allies are putting out many political ads. By the time we get to next November, a record $10.2 billion will have been spent on national, state, and local political spots. But do ads change anyone's mind? What does it take to make an ad that has impact? We'll talk with two of the best in the business, Democrat Kevin Kate and Republican Adam Goodman, on a special edition of Florida This Week. Welcome back. By the time we get to the November 2024 election, candidates and other organizations will have spent an estimated $10.2 billion total in political ads. With the country so deeply divided between red and blue, does spending so much money on political commercials really convince anyone? And who do the ads target and what makes an effective ad? We've invited two of the smartest people in Florida who are in the political campaign business to discuss some recent political ads. Joining us now is Adam Goodman. He's the Edward R. Murrow F Senior Fellow at Tufts University, a political consultant and a Republican. And Kevin Cade is the founder of CATECOM Communications, a political consultant and a Democrat. So nice to have both of you guys here. This is great. Well, you've each brought your favorite ads, one of your favorite ads, and let's play them. And we're going to start with uh, Kevin. This first ad has not run in Florida, but if the abortion protection measure appears on the ballot next year, a similar ad could run. This ad was run in the recent Kentucky governor's race. It's an attack on the Republican candidate, Daniel Cameron, who wanted to severely restrict access to abortion, even in the cases of rape or incest. I was raped by my stepfather after years of sexual abuse. I was 12. Anyone who believes there should be no exceptions for rape and incest could never understand what it's like to stand in my shoes. This is to you, Daniel Cameron. To tell a 12-year-old girl she must have the baby of her stepfather who raped her is unthinkable. I'm speaking out because women and girls need to have options. Daniel Cameron would give us none. Kevin, did that ad make the difference in Kentucky? And what made that ad so good in your mind? Well, first off, it features a hero, uh, just the bravery, bravery of that young woman um, to stand in front of a camera and talk about something so deeply personal and hurtful. Uh, but it also put into real terms what's at stake in some of these elections, especially uh, when you get down uh, into some of these red states that are passing these laws that are restricting women from having basic uh, health care rights and autonomy over their own bodies. And, uh, you know, it's hard to say, and Adam, I'm sure will agree with this, what ad makes a difference and what doesn't. Uh, but I assure you, I mean, I get uh, emotional just watching that ad uh, and I'm in this business. Uh, and so certainly that broke through um, and was part of the narrative of an election where you had a, a Democratic governor winning a ruby red state uh, by a huge margin, uh, despite a lot of resources being spent against him. Obviously, there's an issue that we're paying very close attention to in Florida. Uh, and some of these other uh, red or purple states that are trying to uh, pass laws against women. Kevin, we're, we're so divided as a country. There's a hardcore left. There's a hardcore right. Uh, do ads ever change people's minds? And is this the kind of ad that might have changed somebody's mind? 
I mean, you're asking <laughs> political consultants <laughs> who make TV ads. Um, and so uh, obviously we believe in what we do. I don't think neither Adam nor I would do what we do if we didn't think that we were making a positive difference in the world. And certainly persuading voters uh, is part of our mission. And that, that's why we wake up in the morning uh, to make these ads and figure out how to craft the right message to break through. And really what we're trying to do when we make political ads is not trying to invent something new. Uh, but it's it's to try to find something that resonates, uh, that's a feeling that you already have. Um, and we're trying to make sure that you know uh, not only the issues that are at stake, but uh, the values uh, that are behind those issues and what's at stake in these elections. And increasingly, with our democracy uh, being threatened by Donald Trump and uh, people who don't give, uh, frankly, <laughs> don't, don't care about the Constitution, uh, these ads are becoming more and more important not just on television, but also uh, on digital. Adam, same question to you. I mean, is it, yeah. is it just independents and MPAs that these ads appeal to? Can you change the mind, let's say, of a Democrat or Republican with an ad? So let's start with the basics. We run ads uh, to try to inform and motivate, right? And I can tell you, I agree with Kevin, that was a very, very powerful commercial. That there's hard to beat the reality of human testimony to something that is gripping like that. And the issue of abortion, obviously, is a very emotional and very personal issue uh, for a lot of women uh, across America, and should be. Um, in terms of uh, what works and what doesn't, a message has to be both relevant, compelling, uh, timely, uh, and real uh, in terms of credibility. And I think that has a lot of credibility and a lot of reality built into it. And I think those are powerful ways to drive a conversation, whether it's for a, for a state office, local office, or even for President of the United States, um, to show that there are differences. And there are differences that are bottom line to people. The, emotional, uh, the emotion of the abortion issue, if I could just address that for a second, we've evolved as a society. This is put it where it is. I remember not long ago when gay marriage uh, was against the law and a lot of states, including the state of Florida, there was an amendment passed uh, against gay marriage. And now that's completely changed. Why? Because the country has evolved. It's evolved in its attitudes and its social mores. The same thing I think is happening on abortion. Uh, and it's, I think the lines that were always, are you pro-life or pro-choice? It's now more, uh, more decidedly, are you willing uh, to give the women of this country the ultimate decision over this um, over this, and I think you can see that in the Ohio contest and in many other um, ballots from 23 uh, initiative campaigns, it's moving that way. And the, what I would advise, frankly, people who are pro-life and are personally and committed to being pro-life, which is fine. You could, your personal beliefs are your personal beliefs. Uh, if you're pro-life in this environment, I think the one thing they have to make clear, and you saw a little bit of this in a way from Nikki Haley, in one of the presidential debates, though she didn't quite get all the way there. And it's this line, no politician should ever make that decision for any woman anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, the people of the state, maybe. Uh, that's their prerogative, right, okay. to pass state laws, whatever, but not a politician. Let's play one of your favorite ads. This is a Ron DeSantis ad. Let's roll that one. Deal isn't forged overnight, but after all the blasting and casting is done, it's strong and lasts. Grandson of a steel worker, Ron DeSantis worked his way through college, joined the Navy as a JAG officer, earned a Bronze Star serving in Iraq. 
Governor DeSantis never backs down because his backbone wasn't forged overnight. Ron DeSantis, president, never backed down is responsible for the content of this advertising. So, Adam, that's an introductory ad. Why do you like that one? It's like, take the hill. Let's go get them. I mean, it just really gets you up. And as Kevin knows, you know, there's always an assumption to this that we have to fight. Well, I assume everyone kind of knows about Ron DeSantis because he's got a state of Florida, it's a big state in the country. To assume nothing, go back to the beginning. Make sure that you give the kinds of resume credential that uh, afford or create credibility that that person aspiring to another job can actually get that job done. That's what that was. And I thought the visuals were powerful. I thought the announce track, the music was, was terrific. It got you going. What we're missing right now in this country more than anything is a boost of confidence. We're kind of down the mouth. You see, you know, right track, wrong track. Most people think we're headed down a bad track. We want someone out there to say, follow me. Mm -hmm. We got this. And I think that ad did a lot. It had the governor followed that track all the way up to now, I think he'd be in far different position than he finds himself. That's an ad he's running in the primary. Kevin, what do you think about that? As a Democrat, uh, I mean, does that, does that project the strength that DeSantis is depicting in that ad? Uh, first off, I respect anybody that serves in the military uh, and honor that, and he should be talking about that. Obviously, that's an important part of his bio. But that ad is actually hilarious to me because it is the exact opposite of how he acts. I mean, this is a guy who's running an ad or his political you know, committee is running the ad saying he never backs down, yet the guy wouldn't say one word uh, against his, the man that made him, Donald Trump. Uh, has not, uh, you know, until very, very recently, even had one slight, bad, slightly bad thing to say. As a guy who swore to uphold the Constitution, um, obviously served his country, yet he's unwilling to stand up not only to Donald Trump, but for the police officers, for the Capitol uh, police who were, um, you know, attacked on January 6th. He's an apologist for everything that uh, is wrong with this country, and he won't stand up and actually, you know, be the tough guy that um, forged of steel or whatever. <laughs> he's like he's like forged of uh, silly putty. Okay, we're getting okay. political quickly. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. I, so Kevin just gave you the response ad, right? Yeah. And but he did have one line in his response ad. We'll just because if I could cut the beginning and end of that, it's a great ad. It's it's everything that's wrong in this country. That's the kind of hyperbole and exaggeration, whatever that people find is a step too far. But it is a big part of political ads these days. That those are the ads I think that have a short shelf life. The ones that have a longer life is showing something that's not obvious, something that's beneath the skin and shows the, the soul and character of somebody who seeks, seeks leadership. And I think that ad did it. Let's look at another ad. California Governor Gavin Newsom put up this ad claiming that women will face criminal charges if they have abortions outside the state time limit in Florida. Wanted by order of Governor Ron DeSantis. Any woman who has an abortion after six weeks and any doctor who gives her care will be guilty of a felony. Abortion after six weeks will be punishable by up to five years in prison, even though many women don't even know they're pregnant at six weeks. That's not freedom. It's Ron DeSantis's Florida. So PolitiFact says that ad is only half true. Time will tell if any women are actually prosecuted. Also, DeSantis has said he doesn't want women prosecuted, only the doctors. But Kevin, let me go to you on this ad. Uh, who is that aimed at? And, and what, what is Gavin Newsom doing taking out ads in Florida about Florida issues? 
because he knows that Ron DeSantis was a sucker and uh, agreed to debate him. Uh, I think this was more of an earned media play. Uh, that ad's not going to be moving any voter, but it certainly moves, you know, the political chatter on Twitter. Um, you know that that DeSantis was kind of an easy target and is an easy target, frankly. Um, whether it's the high heels online or, or the, you know, obviously most of the Republican Party has turned against him nationally. Um, I think that was uh, Governor Newsom just a little shot across the bow saying, you know, you're an easy target. And uh, I think that was leading up into the debate uh, that was, uh, you know, two versus one and Governor Newsom still dominated. But, but Adam, could that ad gin up the women's vote? Could more women come out after seeing an ad like that uh, in November of next year? Theoretically. Uh, but both Kevin and I fight something generally late in, in the political cycle. It's what I call the white noise effect. So you take that kind of commercial and a hundred others like it, where they're basically mm -hmm. saying, if this were to happen, it's the end of life as we know it, right? At some point, people get numb and they, st and they start tuning out. And so I think that the impact of that particular ad in the reality of a campaign, especially if it were to run deep and in, in, late in the campaign, I think would be mitigated by the fact that we'd be bombarded by all ends, that whoever it is that's being promoted or dissed is going to be the savior or the, the scourge of the earth. And so I, I'd say this has limited impact. The issue doesn't. I mean, the is issue of abortion, I think, is very much going to still remain a hot-button issue in 24. We're going to see an ad soon that, that preys on fear. But, what, but, Kevin, what about this idea? I mean, a lot of ads I'm watching these days prey on people's fear of the future and, and prey on people's fear of what's going on in the U.S. How powerful is a fear motivator, and does it have a short shelf life, as Adam said? Uh, well, I've got books by Will Durant behind me, and one of his quotes <laughs> was, uh, that's the, all those red books behind me. Uh, he said, people vote like they pray out of hope or fear. Uh, and so you really have to pick one or the other when you're making a political commercial. I think uh, what Adam was getting at there is true. It's like, you know, all of these ads, and I would say some of the lesser political consultants or, you know, the easy way to do it is just do black and white and red and, you know, all the kind of gloom and doom. Uh, it's very easy to do. It doesn't cost much money to make. Um, what is difficult to do is to craft a story, a compelling story that uh, someone will remember and walk away with. That's why the Governor Bashir's ad uh, that we played first was so much different from this ad. Again, I think that, and Adam probably know it better because he was in the studio, but it sounded like Governor Ness, uh, Newsom's voice was uh, recorded over Zoom. So I don't think they put a lot of thought, <laughs> thought into that commercial. Uh, forgive me, whoever made it. Uh, but that's the difference between the storytelling, uh, what Adam was getting at, and then the you know just gloom and doom, black and white into the world. Let's look at another ad where Ron DeSantis is attacking Nikki Haley over her supposed admiration of Hillary Clinton. We know her as Crooked Hillary, but to Nikki Haley, she's her role model, the reason she ran for office. I often say that the reason I got into politics was because of Hillary Clinton. She said, and that's the reason you absolutely have to. And I walked out of there and I said, I'm running for office. Hillary Clinton is actually the reason. You write about her being a big inspiration for you in terms of a leader. She is actually the reason that I made the jump. <laughs> So factcheck.org says the ad uses clips that were edited to omit parts of those interviews where Haley says she does not agree with Clinton on anything. And she's on record as saying she does not agree with Clinton ideologically speaking. So, Adam, how do we defend ourselves against ads that are edited or in the future 
you know, artificial intelligence. Well, I'm glad you brought in artificial intelligence. It's the new player in all this, right? Where we now have already seen ads. I think uh, a group supporting uh, the former President Trump ran an ad with AI images, as did the DeSantis super PAC against, you know, against Biden, I think the President Biden. Uh, I'm not sure how we're going to control that yet. There are a lot of services, uh, technologies coming into play to try to police that. Um, but that would, you know, selective, uh, you know, editing is clearly in play in that. I don't, you know, we have, you, we have things like PolitiFact, right? Mm -hmm. Which was a great idea, by the way. Great idea, great tribute to those who founded it. It doesn't mean anything anymore, with all due respect. It because doesn't mean anything anymore. conservatives don't trust it, uh, it It just doesn't. We, the, those that don't trust it will basically shout beyond it, and then they're just going to kind of go away. It's truth in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, in that particular one, there's no, you have to ask, is that credible? Is it really credible that today that Nikki Haley would look you in the eye and say, oh, I love Hillary Clinton? Of course not. So I, I don't think that stand, uh, would, would stand the smell test, uh, but it's a conversation starter, and I'm sure gets a lot of uh, bait on social media. So, Kevin, this is not the first time that somebody's uh, statements were edited out of context, but how does the public defend we, itself? We only have 30 seconds. <laughs> I, mean, I hate that. I, listen, I, I, this is like uh, telling you that your newscast didn't read the encyclopedia. Like, obviously, uh, you know, you only have 30 seconds to make a, make a point. I ran some ads in 2022 um, on, you know, taking somebody's own, own words about a particular issue. I remember PolitiFact saying, but you didn't include the 45-minute interview um, explaining why they're wrong on that issue. Um, I, you know, I agree in some sense uh, with Adam as far as a regular voter is concerned. Uh, certainly not Florida This Week uh, viewers. They would <laughs> certainly read the PolitiFact and make their own minds up based on that. Um, but on this particular ad, you have to remember primary um, um, electorate is far different from a general electorate. Uh, and so, and, and I've run presidential ads as well in some of these early states, um, the dynamic is just different. So there's only so much you can get away with with a voter in New Hampshire. Uh, because they're going to see these candidates up close. They're going to be engaged. Iowa, the same thing. And so, you know, when you're talking about a state like Florida, I mean, you know, Rick Scott can just buy an election, whereas when you're in a state in, um, you know, that's small and uh, super engaged uh, in the primary process, it's a little bit harder to get away with that. Do you think, do you agree with Adam that voters have a smell test? I mean, they, they, if something doesn't smell right, they're going to reject it? I used to think that before Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, the Republican primary is so angry. Um, the electorate is so angry and so fearful of the future. Um, and any voter, anybody who doesn't look or act like them, um, that we're really getting into an era uh, post-truth in the far right, or and in some cases, you know, the very, very far left um, of, uh, of not seeking the truth, just seeking confirmation. Uh, and so if Donald Trump tells you that Ted Cruz's father uh, killed uh, somebody, you're just going to believe him if, you're got a, if you've got a flag outside your house, because it's easier to believe him than to go take that flag out and to admit to your family uh, that you may have been uh, mildly racist and or <laughs> whatever else, whatever other reason you like Donald Trump. Do you want to respond to that? Love, hate, fear. Build on something Kevin said earlier. Love, hate, fear, and hope are the four emotions that drive everything in life, right? 
where is the hope and where is the love in any of this messaging yeah. that's out there today? Yeah. And as professionals, we're always told, yeah, we're always led to believe, well, get the good stuff out of the way so we can go right at it. I'm all for competing in terms of ideas. I mean, compete with everything you've got. But where is it that love and hope have gone in any of this, which is all about the aspirations we all have is something better tomorrow than we've had today. And that's nowhere to be found or very hard to find in political advertising. Okay, I'm not sure we're going to match uh, love and hope in this next ad either. <laughs> One of the most powerful conservative groups with a ground operation, Americans for Prosperity, which controls millions in dark money, put out this ad last month to attack both Biden and Trump. America, we must do better. Families hurting, costs rising, debt piling up. Joe Biden and Donald Trump had their chance. They can't fix what's broken. America, with the right leaders, we faced adversity and risen to victory. Now it's our time to turn the page and choose a new leader who will unite our party, our nation, that proven leader, Nikki Haley, a true fiscal conservative. Is it possible at this point, Adam, mm -hmm. to convince Republican voters to turn away from Trump and go to go to Haley? I mean, that was aimed towards really Republican voters. Uh, first of all, it's a very clever ad because yeah. you're thinking, okay, who's the independent they're talking right. about? And suddenly, it's Nikki Haley, right? Uh, she's got a tough road to hoe. I think she's clearly has is on the ascendancy in the primary, but you know, to make up a 30-point gap or more uh, against Donald Trump is hard to see unless you know a hand reaches down from above uh, or in a court of law uh, and does something to subvert what seems to be a, a, a given trajectory. But that ad is all about the frustration a lot of people have, which is this. You mean these are the choices we have. We're, we're, we're going to have the same choice we had in 2020, an octogenarian who seems to be kind of losing his steam and someone like Donald Trump who love him or hate him, you know he's going to do things and a lot of the things he's going to do are going to be controversial. This is a reflection on us. And that was a brilliant way of kind of tying in to the frustration many Americans have that we don't like either A or B. Kevin, what do you think about that AFP ad? Is, is it likely to move any votes? I mean, we're allowed to have differing opinions here. I got super bored uh, during that. <laughs> I was like glossed over. It looked like every single ad I've ever seen. There was no story to be told. Um, I think Nikki Haley probably has a powerful story to tell. Um, I don't know that AFP is the outlet to do it. Um, you know, and if there's enough oxygen in the room uh, with the brain dead megaphone kind of ro ruling the conversation at all times. Um, so, you know, I'm not looking for any kind of miracle um, out of the Haley campaign um, or with this endorsement that really all this does is put another nail in the coffin of Ron DeSantis's uh, incredibly failed campaign. Let's look at another ad. This is from U.S. Senator Rick Scott, who's running for re-election in 2024. He's bringing up the ghost of Ronald Reagan. If Ronald Reagan were here right now, he would say, what in the hell have you guys done to my great country? Crime is rampant and goes unpunished. Our border is wide open with, for criminals and drugs that kill our people. Our debt is 32 trillion and climbing. Inflation's growing faster than our wages. There's a land war in Europe. We don't make things in America anymore. We buy them from our enemies in China. We pulled out of Afghanistan like a bunch of cowards. We don't know what a woman is and we think men can have babies. The government pays people not to work and says, oh, no one has to pay their loans back. The game is now rigged against hardworking Americans who still believe in this country. This is not a fight for the faint of heart. 
It's not a fight for the weak. We are losing our country. It's time to cowboy up and fight like hell to turn this country around. All right, so Adam, what gets me about that ad is that it's no longer Reagan's party. It is Trump's party, which is very different on issues like China, immigration, free trade. I mean, you can go down the list, but he's invoking Reagan. First of all, you have to cowboy up. Talk about great lines. <laughs> Love that one. And by the way, Rick Scott, you know, for all of his assets, isn't known generally as a great performer, uh, you know, on his feet or on television. He was terrific there, very natural, very real. But that message, take Reagan out of it. That message is very powerful. If you test the message, the message I think really resonates. I think we are really frustrated that we're not getting what we really want. We're not doing what we really should be doing. We have the wrong priorities. I think he kind of really hit the nail on the head there. Best performance I think I've ever seen from Rick Scott, but it is something I think America needs to hear more and from more leaders. Kevin, I want to get your take on this ad. A former Miami area Congresswoman Debbie McCarcel Powell, a Democrat, is running for the U.S. Senate against Rick Scott. Here's one of her ads attacking Scott. Rick Scott. Rick Scott. Rick Scott. Rick Scott. He'd strip away women's rights with a national abortion ban. He cuts taxes for himself, but he'd raise them on you. He wrote the plan that could take away the Social Security and Medicare you worked and paid for. And he's gotten tens of millions of dollars richer. Kevin, what'd you think of that ad? Uh, I mean, can I say something about the Rick Scott ad? Because sure, it's like, sure. is every mediocre white person gonna have a podcast now? Is that what we're doing? Um, and another thing on the artist and performance side of it, um, there's a little inside baseball, but I don't ever allow a cut shot of somebody reading a teleprompter. Rob, you're very great on the teleprompter. But when you do a cut shot, you can see people's eyes moving. Um, so it was really annoying for me to watch Rick Scott's eyes move on the teleprompter uh, on that. Uh, as far as the attack ad against Rick Scott, um, I work for Alex Sink, who I know is a friend of the show. Um, you know, she attempted to run on Medicare fraud and all of the horrible history that everybody knows uh, didn't work. I don't know that it's going to work without a ton of money and a real message and story. And she does not have a ton of money like Rick Scott does. Adam Goodman, Kevin Kate, thank you so much. Thank you for being on the program. Thank you. Send us your comments at ftw.wedu.org and like us on Facebook. You can view this and past shows online at wedu.org or on the PBS app. Florida This Week is now available as a podcast. You can download it wherever you get your podcasts. And from all of us here at WEDU, have a great weekend.